Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. I'm Pastor Kamisha. You're listening to A Day of Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're glad you could join us. Before we get into the Word, we're going to open up in prayer. God, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are the Father of us all, and we love you. We appreciate your love towards us and the grace and mercy that you abundantly and so generously supply to us and apply to our lives, God. We thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that your grace is sufficient for us. We thank you that you forgive all our iniquities and heal all our diseases. We bless your name, Jesus. We love you. We bless the listeners. Minister to them, Holy Spirit. Everything that is missing and broken in their life, God, repair it. Bring shalom to them, Lord. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Wholeness and soundness from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, God. Immense and deep peace to their home quiet rest we bind the hand of the enemy right now that would try to cause tumult catastrophe or storms in the name of jesus and we cancel that wicked and demonic assignment and we cast it out right now in your name lord jesus we plead the blood of jesus in your name lord jesus over this building the location where we are today lord over the vehicles assigned to this company lord and we plead the blood of jesus in your name lord jesus over all the listeners their households, their finances, their family, their children, their loved ones, their physical bodies, and everything that pertains to them and concerns them, Lord. We trust you with it, Jesus, and we know you're faithful to keep what we commit to you. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We accept it and receive it and take it by faith. It's done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning. Welcome, everyone. We are continuing our study in Romans, and... Again, we are going to reread in Romans 13, verses 1 through 10. So can I get a volunteer to cover that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, Layla. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authority resists the ordinance of God, and those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to evil. Do you want to be unafraid of the authority? Do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister, an avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for they are God's ministers, attending continually to this very thing. Render, therefore, um, to all their due, taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, 
All are summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Amen. Amen. So, as is our custom, the floor is open for each of you to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you, and of course to ask any questions that you have. So who would like to begin? Okay, I guess I'll begin. All right, sir. Um, I found it interesting in verse 10 where it says, Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. I think Paul is getting at two things here. First of off, he's getting at that. He's pointing out that both when we love each other and that Jesus fulfilled the law because we know that love is that Jesus and the Lord is love. That's, uh, I'd say, God. So I think Paul is getting at here is that when we are following the example of Jesus and the Lord and acting how he tells us to act, we fulfill all the commandments, not trying to go by our own natural perspective of being wary of doing these things. But it's when the Lord is commanding and guiding our steps that we actually avoid it. Hmm. It's interesting. Can you explain in more detail? You have to avoid what? You avoid falling into these traps and temptations of all these things that are pointed out in the Ten Commandments. Because as I know from my own example, when I try to avoid, sometimes when I try to avoid one thing, I fall into another. Because I put all my effort into, I'm not going to do that wrong, but I'm going to do this wrong. So Paul is saying that when we have the Lord to guide our steps, then we will be able to walk in between and not do anything wrong. So I say, Paul is saying that Jesus has fulfilled the law, so through him are we also able to fill, fulfill the law. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't laughing at you, Charles. I was just laughing, thinking how sometimes I'll be processing a thought about someone and having difficulty processing that and as i'm surrendering it to the lord i'm thinking to myself oh i got that if somebody cuts me off in traffic and now i'm mad at them I'm like dang there i go again <laughs> mm-hmm. it's one more thing that we get to work out right to oh, be amen, amen. More refined. I, I don't mean that to be bad i just was just as he was saying that was yep. thinking of how often that's true we focus so hard to resist or not do something that we're trying to do and in the midst of that actually do something else that would be better off if we didn't do. But God's grace covers it and we're not supposed to beat ourselves up and punish it. Anyway, I was just, I was relating to you. That's why I was kind of chuckling. Mm-hmm. And that, that's actually a, a, really, a really good point um, mm-hmm. that I wanted to talk about. Um, my, I had questions for the Lord once I really came into relationship with him and wanted to do the things that were pleasing to him versus, you know, living a carnal life and calling it Christianity. Um, <laughs> once I got serious about my relationship with him, uh, my, my dad would say things to me that I didn't quite understand. And, and especially as an adult, he would, he would remind me to honor my father and mother. And when I was a child, it looked differently than what it looks like being an adult. And uh, being a married woman and having my own children, 
honoring my father and mother had transitioned to a point, but I didn't understand how can I fulfill this God? Uh, because at this point, you know, I'm under the covering of my husband. I'm under the covering of the Lord and I have my own requirements to be obedient to God. But at the same time, so sometimes that differs in what perhaps my parents want me to do or feel like I should do or, you know, a variety of things. And they didn't mean it out of malice, but they just, you know, this was their thought process on something, but God is telling me something different. How can I keep both of these? How can I honor you, God, who is above all and supreme? And that's my main goal and focus of who I should be pleasing. But also, how do I do this and still keep your commandment of honoring my father and mother? And what he said to me was love. If you come from a perspective of God's kind of love, you guys know how I feel about that. Human love is, it only serves itself. It can't produce the righteousness of God, but the God kind of love can cover everything and will do what's right in the moment, what's required and what pleases the Lord, but also satisfies his requirements that are set forth. So he told me to love with the God kind of love. And when I come from that perspective, and my willing obedience to the Lord, but also my heart and my mindset to love the people around me, including my parents for this particular case, with the God kind of love, he said, I would know what to do what's right in the moment. And I thought, oh, okay, God, that liberates me. And I felt so relieved and unburdened in that because it didn't mean that I had to, you know, if my, if, if my dad called me in the middle of the night and was like, go make pancakes and it's two o'clock in the morning and you know, I just will, <laughs> you know, I've got a baby crying or, you know, um, I've got to work or something like that. I don't have to be subject to whims. And I'm not saying my dad would do that, but just how my, my mind works on things. I, I don't have to be subject to the whims of the world, but I can have stability and still know that I'm doing what's right by God, what he wants me to do if I come from love, God kind of love. And so when we're looking at this and he says to us, love does no harm to a neighbor, that's the God kind of love. And therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. By walking in love, we're able to capture everything that needs to be done versus me going, okay, I'm going to work on honoring my father and my mother. But if that means I neglect my husband, who he told me to see to it that I respect in, in the New Testament, he, he tells me that. So when there's a conflict, how do I carry myself when it doesn't seem immediately obvious to me? What's, what's the action that I should take, God? How should I approach this? And not like what you said, LaCharles, you, you're working so hard to do one thing, you find yourself guilty of another, <laughs> you know, and Dean working and trying with all your might to adhere, you know, and overcome and, and conquer in a certain area, but then find that now you're weak in another. If we come from the God kind of love, um, which is nicely articulated for us uh, throughout the scriptures, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we'll see that it becomes a whole lot easier to do the things that are pleasing to the Lord. And it almost becomes second nature to you because if you can look, if I'm, if I'm approaching the person speaking to me and I'm not, uh, if I'm not thinking of this and taking it in a way that's puffed up, if I'm not being rude, if I'm not being envious, if I'm not parading myself, if I'm not, um, seeking my own, I'm not being provoked. If I'm not thinking evil, if I'm rejoicing with them, if, I'm bearing all things. I'm believing all things. I'm hoping all things. I'm enduring all things. Love never fails. 
That's what first Corinthians uh, chapter 13, verse eight says, love never fails. But we already know through various scriptures that if we try to keep, <laughs> first of all, the law in our flesh, we're unable to. That's why we needed our Lord and Savior. But also, if we fail in keeping one portion of the law, we are guilty of the whole thing. But on these hang all the law and the prophet. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So this, this perfect love here, the God kind of love, and if we spend our effort to develop ourselves in that kind of love, then we'll be able to operate free from the things that would putrefy and contaminate and cause us to violate the will of the Lord and to violate his word. Um, that's first John chapter four. And just going to read verses 10 through 19. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been perfected in us. By this, we know that we abide in him and he is in us because he because he has given us of his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the father has sent the son as savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So when we, we look at the scriptures and we're thinking of, Lord, I really want to get this right. I really want to do this. If we rely on our abilities and the limitations of doing things in our flesh, if we rely on our memorization and our conscious focus, if we rely on that, not saying we shouldn't use those things, but if we rely on them, we'll miss it. But if we make our business to become well-developed in love so that we cultivate the love of God in us and we are fully dependent on his love working in and through us and trusting that his love brings about the perfection of us being as he is in this, as God is. So are we in this world, mm -hmm. then it'll come out of us. It'll be a part of our nature to prefer our neighbor. It'll be a part of our nature to love as God has loved us and he has given us commandment. It'll be a part of our nature and in that, there is no law against love, the law of God. I mean, the love of God. There's no law against it. So it just kind of gives me relief and it frees me to, con to know and consider that that's my business is to perfect, be perfected in the love of God. And then I don't have to be afraid of missing it, but I, don't also, I also don't have to be afraid of loss in the process of I will be, 
you know, left destitute or be lacking or something of that nature because I'm extending this grace to another. Keeping the covenant, the commandments of God are not burdensome, but mm-hmm. love fulfills them all. So to me, it's like, hey, let's just go straight to the, <laughs> the big one that takes care of everything and then work it out after that. Amen. Kamisha, I want to challenge you to consider going just a little bit deeper with that thought. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm, I just believe that some people are going to struggle with what you said because they find it difficult to believe that God really is love and that God really is good. Okay. So it's going to be tough to accept some of what you said if you don't believe that God really is good and God really is love. Let's let's cover a couple of sections, right? Yeah, just, scripture. Let's consider. This may not be the time, sure. but I'm just. And and I, that is as simple as because it, it re- if if God really is love and God really is good, then exemplifying His love gets so much easier for us, right? Because we rest and trust in somebody who loves us unconditionally. Mm-hmm. And if He loves us unconditionally, what He's asking us to do is coming from a place of love. And how can you not respond to that? When somebody asks you to do something that you know truly loves you, doing it is no problem. Mm-hmm. It only becomes burdensome when we doubt. Mm-hmm. That's it. Amen. So. Thank you, Dean. We're actually going to cover uh, three different places. The first is in Matthew 19, verse 26. Um, And this gets to the core of what you're asking, right? Um, And, of course, this is where Jesus is talking to people entering the kingdom of heaven. And, of course, everyone's astonished. But in, in verse 26, he says, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So, Dean, your, your comment for the listeners and um, is, if I, just to get to the core, I'll define it, is people may not understand or think this is an impossibility. There's no way that this can happen. Um, both, or mostly because it seems so difficult for us to carry out, right? Now, when Jesus said that in Matthew, it's it comes after he's counseling the rich young ruler, right? And he, he had called him good teacher, a good master. And Jesus' response was, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. And he's talking about entering into eternal life. And he says, if you want to enter, you have to keep the commandments, right? So now let's go back to Deuteronomy chapter 9. And and I want to bring this up because there is this amazing thing that happens in this chapter. And I'm going to start with this, right? And we can look at it and and we can say, well, that's, that's not good. That's negative, right? And your Bible might say something to the effect, have a, a title and say, Israel's Rebellions Reviewed. And we can look at that and say, well, that's negative. Let's skip over it. But if we really read that out, multiple times in there, (coughs) excuse me, the Lord talking to the people of Israel keeps addressing who he is to them or and who he is and who he wants to be to them. And how he has already blessed them in all of their their lives and their generations up to this point. Um, talks about in, in verse 3. This is Deuteronomy 9, verse 3, right? 
Understand today that the Lord your God is he who goes before you as a consuming fire to destroy them, that is their enemies, and bring them down before you so you shall drive them out and destroy them quickly as the Lord has said to you. In verse 5 he says, and this goes back to the, the comment we just read when he's addressing the rich young ruler, it's not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess the land, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out before you, and he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he, he says it again in verse 6. Therefore, understand the Lord your God is not giving you this good land to possess because of your righteousness for your stiff-necked people or your rebellious people. And then he, in verse 7, he's, he challenges them again. Remember, don't forget how you provoked the Lord. right? And so as we were talking here the last couple of days, um, between yourself, Dean, and, and the example that Charles brought up, it was about how we we focus on one area so hard that then we you know, of our area and aspect of our life that then we, we tend to overlook how we struggle in another because we're just concentrating on the one. But the Lord in this, right in Deuteronomy nine, keeps reminding them of all the things He's done to them, not because of their own righteousness. Their right? own righteousness. Their own righteousness, like it says in Isaiah, right? Um, <laughs> our own righteousness is nothing but filthy rags, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. not because of that. And, but he continues in chapter 10 and talks about you know the essence of the law, right? And it's to, to keep the commandment, actually in verse, uh, chapter 10, verse 12. What does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him? to serve the Lord of God with all your heart and with all your soul and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I commend you today for your good. And then in chapter 11 of Deuteronomy, he keeps reminding them of how he rewards and it's due to love and obedience. Well, you can't be obedient if you don't trust the Lord or you don't have faith in what he said he would do, which wait, let's go back to chapter nine, was what he kept reminding them of. Hey, I I made this covenant and this this promise to your your forefathers, to Abraham's Isaac, to Jacob, and this is why I'm doing it. And he just asked them to love him. That's it, love him and be obedient to him. Uh, and he says that multiple times throughout chapter eleven. Um, therefore, you should keep every command which I command you today, that you may be strong, and go in and possess the land, and you may prolong your days in the land that your that which I, the Lord swore to give to your fathers, to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. Um, and then he describes the land, the land you're going over to cross over to possess, a land of hills and valleys which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it. From beginning, uh, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year, and he keeps reminding them, "Look, I'm going to do all these things to you and for you, for your good. I'm going to bless you." And he just keeps reminding them to love him and to be obedient to him. And so I want to remind us of that, but then also bring us to First Peter, chapter two, which also gets down to the core of. What Paul is writing about here in Romans 13, right? Especially verses 9 and 10. And he's saying, this is what it says. 
Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. And I bring that up because that is the, the last couple of verses written in First Peter chapter 2, before he then starts getting into the sections which we were just talking about, submission to government and to masters and to husbands and to, to wives. And right, it's about our, our conduct, how we behave as Christians, which if we go back to Romans, that's, that was what we were just discussing in chapter 12, right? And another throughout Romans, but he's getting to the application part how it's supposed to look in our lives. And when we get that, when we are ruling in, in over ourselves and ruling over sin that's trying to creep in, right? Which is what the Lord told, spoke to Cain. Sin desires is at the door and it's desires to have you, but you should rule over it. Then we won't be doing harm to our neighbor. We will be fulfilling the love commandment. Does that make sense? Yes. I know there's a lot in there. Sure. But I, I don't want you to, the, the simplicity of the word of God is, is this, the root, right? We know that we don't bat at the fruit on a tree. If mm-hmm. we see fruit that we don't like, we have to change the root. Amen. Correct? Okay. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. We mm-hmm. only have salvation because of the love of God. Yes. Right? And... When we're thinking about the word, if, if when I speak to you about the love of God, if it bounces off your soul, if you reject it, when you hear it, then renew your mind, Mm -hmm. come and meditate on the word of God. Look at the scriptures because God said this, it's not just Kamisha saying it. Mm -hmm. I'm repeating what he said. If, if you can't bear it when you hear it and you think I'd rather go work it out in my flesh, renew your mind Mm -hmm. And keep meditating on the word until you understand that it's by God's grace. And everything that he's ever done on this planet in creation has come from his love. It has been sourced by the love of God. Amen. And so we, being made in his image and likeness, how can we go about things in any other way than what he's already done? How can we go about it batting at the fruit, if you will, versus changing the root of what we're doing. If we're doing things sourced from the love of God, won't we have the same outcome? Absolutely. Won't we have the same persistence towards others that he has of showing the love of God, of him showing his love towards us, him going out of his way to adorn us with his grace? If we source what we do from the love of God, won't we have the same results? Because that's what's sourcing our father. Mm-hmm. So if you try to concentrate on I won't commit adultery I won't murder I don't think about that I think about love because I love God and because I love you I don't want your husband because I love God and because I love you I don't want to steal from you that's not even a matter and I don't even have to think consciously about okay don't commit adultery today don't commit adultery today don't commit adultery today don't covet today I don't think about that because I'm covered and saturated and filled with the love of God that has already been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. We read that previously in Romans. Mm-hmm. Um, and he already provided, right? As, and that was in both of what we're, we're saying here, honey. It's about, look at all these ways that the Lord has already provided, right? We covered Deuteronomy, we covered 
with Christ and how he approached as our pattern example, mm -hmm. his walk with the Lord. It was just focusing on the Lord through the leading of the Holy Spirit or his father through the leading of the Holy Spirit, what he was to say and what he was to do. That was the focus, not on, I hope I don't break this rule or I have to focus on mm -hmm. not, not breaking this one. And whether it was David, whether it was, as we covered in Deuteronomy, the Israelites in the wilderness who were getting ready to go into the land, it was this. They also built themselves up by acknowledging all the different ways and things the Lord had done for them in their life. And that was their life. Mm -hmm. You have to look at your life and recognize all the way the Lord, the ways the Lord has blessed and benefited you and your life, not because of our righteousness, mm -mm. our own righteousness, but because of His love towards us. And there's no ability in our flesh to carry this out. Not at all. It's an impossibility, right? But with God, right, and that's what we covered in the other scripture, in Matthew, with God. All things are possible. So we accept and acknowledge his love for us by faith. Amen. Not by deserving, because we already know how that's going to work out if we go by what we deserve. What Jesus has earned and what he has freely given to us and bestowed upon us by his grace is his love. So let us renew our mind to that. Mm -hmm. And if you have one task today, let it be to become established in God's love for you. Read all the scriptures. First John is a lovely place to hear about God's love for us and how much he loves us and what evidence that brings in our lives and how we can know that we're children of God, how we can know the love of God is in us. And spend your time finding that out and, and read through the gospels to see that Jesus, God loves us with the same love that he loves Jesus Christ with. That same love. And there's no difference to the Lord. So then start moving towards walking in love. Let that be your focus. And you'll see that the other commandments will be met. Absolutely. And also as a reminder, because you know, we're, we're approaching Christmas, celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior. And uh, in talking about love, right? And this is not First John, but the Gospel of John. 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It begins with love. Because he loved us, he gave us grace, which we access through faith. And that's where it begins. His love. So will we access his love, his grace that he's given us because he loves us? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, let's pause there for today. And with that, could I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Charles. Lord, I just thank you for everything that you've done in our lives, Lord. Lord, I just thank you for your limitless knowledge, Lord, and that you share with us, Lord, so that way we can continue to grow and move forward in you, Lord, and to help others along the way, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for everything that you put in our lives, Lord, even the things that we don't recognize as blessing, Lord, blessings, Lord, but that are still blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. 
and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, take care and God bless you.